Well, hello, Fellowship family. It's great to be with you today. Happy Father's Day. What a great day. We're having a lot of fun this weekend. We had the guitar choir. We had, um, last night we had dogs with dad, hot dogs. We had a whole bunch of indoor picnic here in the, in the heat. We also, today we have donuts with dad. And we want you after this service to just take all of the donuts home with you. Because here's the truth. If you leave them, I will eat them. And so you need to take them. Uh, if you, uh, hopefully uh, you can have all the sugar pills you want. And all of those uh, who came early and ate them all in 20 minutes, you'll be sleeping. So just take a look at the person next to you and nudge them if they fall asleep during my message. It's great to have you here where today we honor dads, the one we have uh, or even the one we are. And we celebrate what God is doing. And one of the funny things we've been doing with dad is uh, these cardboard cutouts We've, uh, make sure you take a picture of your dad in the cardboard cutout and then hashtag it, uh, FBC Super Dads. And we're building an online album throughout this whole weekend of, uh, FBC Super Dads. And so, uh, if you don't know what a hashtag is, talk to your grandchildren. They will set you up with that. It's great having you here. And we're going off this super dad theme because we believe the huge role that a father fills in his family. And that's, the, that's what we're going to be looking at is what difference does dad make? And to quote the not so great father, Donald Trump, huge. He has a huge, a huge uh, influence in his family. And so we want, to, uh, we want to celebrate that today. And we're just going to keep it simple. We're going to be looking at one verse in the Bible. It's in 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18. And two weeks ago when we started this series on the life of David in the, the two books of 1 and 2 Samuel, I talked about coming back to this verse for, um, for Father's Day and kind of dissecting it. So we're going to go real slow on this verse. If you open up your Bible to 1 Samuel 16, verse 18, you can keep it open the whole time that I'm talking because that's all we're sticking with today. And I think there's a lot to mine from this. This is a passage that talks about the character of David, who he was known for. And uh, before, when we met David, before he was anointed, he was just a shepherd boy out in the fields in Bethlehem. The scripture said that he was this handsome kid with beautiful eyes and kind of ruddy, which means earthy. But here we see his character. And he comes to Saul's court. And Saul's court at this time, King Saul, was in crisis. He was depressed. He was anxious. He wasn't sleeping. And so he needed someone who could play the harp. And lo and behold, this David could play the harp. But he came to Saul. And this is what David was known as. Look at this verse, 1 Samuel 16 Verse 18, it says, one of the young men answered in describing who David is. He said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. We're going to be looking at this passage because I think we can gather five needs that dad meets for us. Five needs, Dad, if you're here today, thank you, that you can meet in your family, that your family is looking to you, they're longing for you to be. And as we do this, I'm going to be getting in with the original language of the Old Testament, which was Hebrew. And so we are going to turn this room into a synagogue. How about that for a Palestinian rabbi leading you today, huh? (laughs) Not too many times that happens. 
but I'm going to be the rabbi and I'm going to be sharing these Hebrew words and I'm going to ask you to be interactive with me as you get to know these words. But I want you more than just knowing what the Hebrew word means, I want you to understand what that looks like because I think it can encourage and exhort each one of us to live out these values inside and outside of our families. The first trait that David was known for, and we see it in English, is that he was skillful in playing. The two Hebrew words that describe skillful in playing is this. Say this. Yoda. Yoda Negen. Good, not bad. Yoda, I know some of you Star Wars people are going, oh, it's Yoda is mentioned in the scriptures. I can watch all the episodes now. Thank you, Pastor. But what Yoda means is to know. And not just to know about, but to understand, to experience. When you Yoda something, you know and understand. I, I knew about my wife when I married her. Now, after 24 years, I Yoda my wife. I know. I understand why she thinks the way she does, why she believes the way she does. The more time, the more experience you have with someone, you Yoda them. And then again, literally means that you're skillful you're with, to touch. And here it meant that David knew the environment of Saul's court, and he played to, to address the needs of that court with his harp. Here, what we're saying for dads is, Dad, we need you. We need your understanding in our lives. We need you to be the Yoda who comes in and, and understands us, which means you've spent time knowing about us, learning about us. Uh, it's taking time where you can come alongside of us and understand us. There's a longing of every child, no matter how old you are, to be known and understood by your dad. And dad, we need your understanding. It's a foundational to our relationship with you that, that you would fully know us and understand us. So dad, what are you learning about your family? That's a good question to ask yourself. How have you learned about your family? I like in Proverbs 20 verse 5, it says this, the purpose of a man's heart are like deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. See, a man of understanding doesn't come in and just call out plays and start making commands. A man of understanding walks in to understand. So they listen. They, they may re- repeat what someone's saying, but they do that so that they can understand them. It's amazing what happens in an adolescent's life when a dad shows up to understand versus to make statements or make judgments. Dad, we need your understanding. We need you to take the time to study us and to understand us. So we're called to learn about, to understand our family. Secondly, there's two Hebrew phrases, and I'm going to teach them both to you. First one is gibor. Say that with me, gibor. And here's a good guttural for you. Go chayel. Very good. Your guttural speaking is very good. What does it mean, right? It means, first of all, to be a gabor means to be a champion, to be a hero. And chayil means that you are, are brave and you're courageous. David was both. Whether he was fighting and defending his sheep or whether he was going out to battle against the Philistines, he was a gabor chayil. But he was also, what's the, what the Greek or what the Hebrew says, is he was an Ish. Can you say ish? Ish is the biblical word of the word for man. And it trails back all the way to Genesis when Adam was an ish. And when God brought the woman to the man in the garden, 
He said, I am Ish. She is Isha. Doesn't that sound awesome? I mean, girls, it gives you dignity, right? Not just a different, there's, there's a part like me, but she's an, we have to actually say, ah, when we say, Isha. So guys, tonight, just say, you are my Isha. She'll love that. She'll love that. Trust me. I think in the second service, I saw a girl, you know, direct that to her husband and go, not going to work. <laughs> But here he was, she was, he was an ish, a man, and then michana. See, no one does well with that word. It's a tough one. It's, it's a guttural word, but literally it means that you're a man who will fight. A man who is proven at standing and fighting. And what does this mean for us dads? Well, dads, we need you to be, we need your courage in the family. We need you to stand for something. We need you to stand absolutely for the righteousness of God in our families. We need you to stand and lead us. It's amazing the influence of a father in his family. You see, it takes courage to resist the sway and the pull of culture and even of your own self. And so we've got to fight what the world wants for us, our families, and even what I want for myself so that I can lead. We've got to fight the surge around us and the urge within us to do what's best for our wives and our children. And it takes courage. It takes bravery. It takes kibber chayil for us to stand up against this world and lead our family in the way that God would have for us. But here it is. God's way is always best for us. So your sacrifice today and whatever you have to say no to today so that you can say yes to God is going to far outweigh anything you feel you're going to lose with yourself or with your family. And here's what we see. Every direction, folks, has a destination. Every path you take has a destination. Here's the question I have for dads. Dad, how are you leading? Where are you leading your family? What's the destination that you long for for your family? I absolutely love it when we dedicate children around here because we hear that longing. We hear that destination that parents want for their children. And they say, I'd like this child to love Jesus. Exactly. That's what we're all about. We're here at Fellowship Bible Church to help people find and follow Jesus. In other words, I want Jesus in the lives of my children. I want them to love him more than they love anyone else in this world so that they can love other people the way Jesus loves them. And that's a key value. The direction that we're headed has a huge influence in our families. And here's the reality. Kids follow the dad spiritually. All the research shows that. All the research shows that. As much as we might, want, might not want to take that responsibility as dads, but the reality is, is in, in, a, in studies all around the world, one specifically in Switzerland, which is not necessarily known for their Christianity. But the Swiss have done loads of consensus and they've looked at the role of a father in religion. And they found this. And here's the summary of that report. If a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful his wife is, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. But if a father does go regularly, regardless of the practice of the mother, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers. So it shows just an amazing thing. And some of you dads go, well, I don't like to talk about religion. 
Don't talk about religion. Talk about Jesus. That's what you want. That's what you want your kids to have. And so we need you to lead. We need dads to be courageous for us and stand, especially when your child is in adolescence. Everyone looks to the dad and says, what does dad believe about that? What is dad practicing at home? Is dad authentic at home or does he just play it on the weekend? See, the the father is a tremendous influence of the family and the spiritual direction of a family. So dad, we need your courage. We need you to stand for us. Proverbs 12, 7 says, The wicked are overthrown and they are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Dad, your house stands because you stand. The family follows the father. So decide on a direction. Communicate that direction. And it's most likely your family will follow. And then let's take a look at this other phrase that David was known as. He, here in the English, we say that, see that he was prudent in speak, speech. Excuse me. So let's go back to the synagogue, right? Ready? He was bin, say that with me, dabar. Yes, he was, and what that literally means, to bin, means that you look closely and you don't rush in. You're thoughtful and you're considerate. You're respectful. That was, that's what it meant, to be bin. But then to debar means to speak. So put those two together. You're thoughtful, you're considerate, you're respectful with your words. Dad, we need your words. We need your words. We need you to speak into us as a family. We need you to come alongside and give us a blessing with your words. Now, I know some of you dads grew up with a dad who never said, I love you. Never. And if you grew up in that family, well, you're here to rewrite history, right? Because that's what God's doing with all of us. None of us had perfect dads. And so when we see uh, direction from God, there are going to be some pioneering, some places that we move from the known to the unknown to follow God. And that's going to require us to be courageous, but to start, to start, even if it's a small start, to start blessing our family with our words. Remember one guy said, I told my wife I loved her when I marry her. What more does she need? (laughs) She needs I love you every day, right? Our families need the dad to speak words, not just words of wisdom, but words of love. Your words matter to your family. Remember, dad, we repeat your words. So be careful when you hit your thumb with the hammer. We repeat those words. Sometimes you teach your children new words, right? And so we want to be men who speak into our families and have loving words. Words like, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're good at. You're good at what you do. Do you know I've talked to sons who are 60 and 70 years old. They've never had their dad come alongside them and say, I love you. I'm proud of you. And it's still their longing right now. And we just think dads, ah, Someone else will tell them that. No, no, no one else is telling them that. They're telling them other things. You don't have what it takes. I'm better than you. Look, here's me. Here's you. See the difference. And our kids are always wondering, will I have what it takes? Does anyone care for me or care about me? And so a dad needs to come in and say, often, I love you. Daily, I'm proud of you. You're beautiful to me. Because our world is not. And dad, we need your words. David was someone who was a bin dabar. He spoke words 
that calmed people in crisis. People leaned in when he spoke. That's what you want to be. You want to be a bindabar, someone who comes in and speaks a thoughtful, respectful, caring words. Dad, we need your words. But then we also need your presence. Look here what it says, that David was a man of good presence. Let's go back to the synagogue. He was an ish. Remember that word again? That's man. And he was an ish to'ar. Can you say to'ar with me? Good. You're doing well in your first Hebrew class. What to'ar means is that he was pleasant to be around. He was desirable to be around. He was someone people wanted in the room. You know those negative people. When they walk in the room, the room darkens. David was one of those guys. When he walked in the room, everyone said, it's so good that you're here. You're a man of good presence. I love to be a blessing like that. What's this saying for our dads? Dad, we need your presence. We need you to be around us. And we need it to be a good presence. Because, you know, I've come into the home after a frustrate, frustrating day, and I've given my family the last and the leftovers, okay? Which is usually a short-tempered, angry guy if things didn't go well that day. And my family has borne the brunt of that. But God's placed me in my family as he has you, Dad. He's put you in our family to have a good presence and, our, and to spend time with your family. We need you to spend time with us. Because here's the truth. Dad... When your kids are gone, when life gets quiet again, and I know some of you are going, quiet, I don't know that word, especially with little ones here. But you know what? It happened faster than I could recall. Two of my three left the home in the past two years. It's quiet somewhat again in my home. And you know what? I never wish that I would have worked harder, worked more hours, Because I long to be around my kids. And dad, you long to be around your kids. I know you do. I talk to many of you. You look forward to spending time with your kids. And so how are you spending time with your family today in a way that they'll want to be around you tomorrow? How are you that ish to'ar, a man of good presence, a man your family wants to spend time with? When I was growing up, there's this concept of you spend quality time with your family and then you can spend quantity time with your family. And the high performers, you know, workaholics would always say, we don't have a lot of time, but we have a lot of quality time. And I thought as a kid, oh, that makes sense to me. They have just good times a, a lot. But here's the reality. Then I had kids and I realized my kids needed my time. And quality time was not something I could construct and say, okay, we are going to have a good time now. I could never demand that. It usually came out of spending quantity time with my family. And having three boys, my wife was worn out. What applied to my dad? Sorry, didn't apply to me. We had to rewrite history and how much time I was going to spend with my kids. So I decided at that time, even in the midst of sway of of ministry where everyone's someone at any time is always in crisis, I was going to carve out time and make my family and time with my family a priority. And so I spent a ton of time with my boys when they were growing up. Here's what I did. And dad, here's a little inside scoop. Buy toys you like to play with. (laughs) That's what I did. 
I bought, went out and I bought Legos and I bought Playmobil. They have all the things because I like to play with it. Now, I'm thankful that I had three boys, right? Because it would have been creepy if I would have bought girl toys for me. But I would have probably bought pink Legos or something like that. But I bought all these toys that I like to play with. And my kids just wanted to be around me. And they started having fun. I bought the zip line for the backyard with a baby seat on it, you know, and swinging my kids. My wife was freaking out. But I was having a great time with my boys. And here's the thing about it. Laughing with your kids, having fun with your kids, tucking them in at the end of a fun day. There's no better look from your kid than, Dad, thanks for today. So your kids need your time. And that's how you spell love to a kid. T-I-M-E. You spend time with them. So whatever it takes, we need to be courageous so we're spending the amount of time that it takes to understand, to speak into, to know our children. Folks, here's the deal. The world already has a plan for your kids. It's to get them active, involved, busy, and hurried. And by the time they hit seventh grade, it's too late. They're already in a system that's taking them away from you and speaking into them. And you're just kind of chasing after kids. You're kind of, okay, did I make the next appointment? Oh, they're late. They're going to have to run at practice. And we get wrapped up into that. No, we've got to be brave. We've got to be courageous and spend that time that deepens the relationship. Folks, you're never going to regret that, dads, for you to take the time with your family. Never. Trust me on that one. Talking to a guy after the second service last night, and he said, hey, my dad was a high-powered in a corporate work, uh, guy, and when I hit middle school, he quit that job so he could spend more time with us in, in the family. And you know what? That was some of the best years with my dad. Think about the legacy of your time And the value that that is into building into your children. Dad, we need, we need time with you. And then finally, uh, this, this phrase, and God was with him. In the Hebrew, they didn't even say the name of God because they had so much respect for it. But in English, we say Yahweh. And if you were to do a, just a literal translation of this, not only was he a man who had skill, he could skill at playing the harp, but a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a good presence. It says, we just, just say, and God. But, but and God was everything. He had all those values, but he also had God. And with David, that was the most important ingredient to his life. God was with him. If you trace his life and you read throughout 1st and 2nd Samuel, the qualifying phrase said over and over, why did David make the throne? Why did he defeat the Philistines? Why did God increase his territory? God was with him. And dad, dad, we need your God to be with us. We need you to be a dad who lives with that reality and lives in response that God is with him, that he's never alone, that he's not just strong on his own. He's strong because God is with him. We need your faith, dad, in our lives. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. What you want in your kids must first be in you. 
Whatever you want to give a kid. You can do the lesson. You can say, kids, be nice. But if you're always angry, they're going to catch angry, right? Because there are things that are taught and there are things that are caught. And most of the time, what's caught from your life is how you live life, not just what you say. And the longer people know you, the more they're going to catch things from you, from being with you, then you are going to teach them. Dads, you may have even seen this. Your kid hits adolescence and they go, I know, I know what you're going to say, okay? Because they got your words. But they may not have caught your life. And so we want to live in a way that our kids get our lives, right? And that we live with God. And that God is in our lives. So here's a question I have for you, dads. Is God with you? Is God with you? Some of you might go, I don't know. Well, you can know. You can know whether or not God is with you. And the biblical concept is, is faith. You can trust in God. And you can trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. FBC is here because we want to help everyone find and follow Jesus. And maybe Father's Day 2016 is the day that you will find Jesus. I talked earlier about people not liking to talk about religion. I don't know that I like to talk about religion. And I'm a pastor. I like to talk about a relationship with Jesus. And you know what? I wouldn't talk religion with your family either. I talk about your relationship with Jesus. And a lot of people think you've got to be good enough before God accepts you or that your good deeds need to outweigh your bad deeds or as long as you're better than 50% of the population, God will get you in. But you know what? All that is not enough. You needed someone who could live a perfect life for you. You can't. None of us can. And as I look at these values, I fall short in these values. But Jesus was perfect. I needed Jesus. I needed him to live a life for me that I couldn't live. And he did. He lived a perfect life. Secondly, Jesus died on a cross for my sin and yours. And I needed someone who could pay that price, a perfect sacrifice for my sin. That was God's righteous requirement. And the reality is, is when Jesus died on the cross, he totally satisfied my debt and yours with sin. Having a relationship with God is all begins when you turn from doing things your way, from trusting in your own works, your own righteousness, your own goodness, to trust in the only person who can save you, and that's Jesus. Everyone in this room who trusts in Jesus is not here because we're better than you or better than anyone else in this world. We're here because we need Jesus. And that's the great qualifier. The ground is level at the cross. We all need Jesus. And so, Dad... Maybe it's time you turn from trying to be good enough to trust in someone who was perfect for you. Make this Father's Day 2016, the day you turn from your works to trust in Jesus. Just say something like this. Jesus, thank you for living for me, for dying for me, for rising from the dead for me. I believe in you and I trust your work in my life. I turn from my sin and I want to follow you. I want to be a dad after your heart. And if that's a condition of your heart, if you just made that step, welcome to the family. You now have God with, us, with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forget about you. He'll never turn from you. He's your heavenly father. Now you can live a way with God that your family can catch more of him. You want that. You want your family to catch more of Jesus. And so here's the deal. Dad, don't let your children guess about your God. Share him. Follow him. We say, we give a definition. What's a follower of Jesus? A guy who follows Jesus. It doesn't get any more complicated than that. 
Whatever Jesus was, I want to be. And so dads, when we do that, our kids get the picture that God is with us. But do they hear stories of God being with you? Do they hear your heart? Do you share your heart with them? Do you pray for them and with them? See, that's how kids understand God is with you. When you mess up, do you seek forgiveness from them? That shows a humble heart, like Jesus. And here's the deal. We need, we need dads who have a heart after God. And I just, each service that we've had this weekend, and we've had so much fun this weekend. I absolutely love having fun with my church family. But here's the serious point. I look around and I see so many dads that God has brought into this room today. And I think about the potential. And I think about the generations in the present and in the future that can be so transformed as a result of us seeking a heart after God. I think about your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren who look back on dad or grandpa or great-grandpa who loved the Lord. You know, you can think about all the things you can pass on to your family, and I know a lot of guys just want to pass on a chunk of change so that kids, and folks, I have seen, I've been in the ministry over 25 years, and I have seen that destroy families. It's not left the legacy. It's destroyed families. But one thing that's passed on that never destroys, it only, it only builds up, is Jesus in the life of a dad. Make that be your legacy. And let's pray to that end. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for our fathers. We want to dedicate them to you and thank you and lift them up to you. And some uh, of our fathers have modeled these these, uh, principles in the life of David, and we thank you for that. But Lord, we all fall short of these values. And therefore, we need you, Jesus, to lead us. Lead us to be men who have an understanding touch in our family, who are courageous, who speak words of wisdom and of love, who have a a positive presence, a good presence in our families, and who our family knows that you are with us. Help us to be men after your own heart. And we lift up every father here. We ask you to bless them and strengthen them as they reflect their heavenly fathers to us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.